We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But we're, today, Ryan, Christmas Eve, what better topic to discuss today than Notre Dame football? And we're going to talk a little recruiting. We're going to dive into just the two-year grades of Notre Dame. And, and we do have articles out about it. We're going to have some fun with recruiting over the next couple of days. I'm going to have our class superlatives article out that, you know, Ryan, Sean, and myself have kind of come up with, you know, best this, top that, predictions for this class. We'll have that up later today. That'll be fun. I'm going to release my class rankings. I thought about doing it in February, Ryan, but you know, I, I don't know if they're going to look for anybody. I think I'm just going to go ahead and do that now. And then if I have to add people, I can add it and we can redo it in February. So still plenty of recruiting stuff to kind of clean up on. And uh, one of my favorite things to do, Ryan, is when you're evaluating recruiting efforts, I, I think it's, it's sometimes we can get a little bit lost in like, there's, there's an importance to evaluating each class individually, but truly evaluating the direction that a recruiting operation is going is sort of taking it into two-year view. Because sometimes you may say, well, why'd you only sign two offensive linemen? Be like, well, we signed six last year, five the year before, and nobody's left, you know? So there's, there's understanding the context of it. And I think the two-year grades is really a, my favorite way to really break down recruiting. And I think it's very interesting when looking at, at what we've seen in the last two years, Ryan, because there has been so much change in the last two years. You know, you had Marcus Freeman kind of coming in as the defensive coordinator and then just really skyrocketed recruiting on that side of the ball. Him and Mike Mickens have, have proved to be a very potent one-two punch when it comes to recruiting that position, for example. There are certain positions in the last couple of years defensively that Notre Dame has recruited as well as anybody in the country. There have always been positions on offense where that happens. But on offense, we went through a change where, real, I mean, your head coach leaves, who was an offensive guy. Your entire offensive staff outside of your quarterback coach slash OC leaves. You have some major departures from the from the raw, from the the uh, depth chart last year, and uh, and they kind of get into it. And, and so you really look at it from this point of view, Ryan, and, man, it's uh, it's been a a wild up and down ride. NIL becomes this huge thing. The transfer portal becomes this huge thing. And through it all, I think there's with little doubt, I'm going to say this, Ryan, mm -hmm. Notre Dame has absolutely 
closed the gap in the last two years. Are they there yet? Is the gap erased? No, but they have absolutely on both sides of the ball when looking at it from a two-year standpoint, gotten themselves closer to that upper echelon of college football. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We, that's one thing that we expected, right? Like you expect to recruit, obviously, at a high level at Notre Dame. But one thing that you were especially expecting when Marcus Freeman took over was that recruiting would take a somewhat different approach. You know, the standards don't change as far as getting the best possible players and recruits that you can that fit well into your program. But I think that we've all seen and we've heard from multiple people just outside of us, you know, from the national perspective that have been very complimentary of Coach Freeman and his staff and the efforts that they put forth on the on the recruiting trail. So that he was also, Brian, I know we'll talk about this at some points, he was put into a situation, the staff in general, at certain positions, it was not well stocked when they got here, right? Like you talk about wide receiver, for instance, right? Where it was like a huge emphasis in 2023 to get not only quality at receiver, but depth at receiver as well. So it's a little bit of a fun show because you're looking at the first of the two years was a completely different staff comparative to the second. But that actually also makes it really fun, in my opinion, because although it is, it's going to be a little bit of a difference of approach kind of comparison. It's also how the philosophy is building, right? What did the staff see that said, not only do we need to get numbers here, we need to change our emphasis of who we're going after, where we're going after them. So I think that this this show is going to be a lot of fun because not only are we going to talk about two very talented classes the last two years for Notre Dame and a lot of football players are going to be the future of the program and the reason that Notre Dame hopefully gets back to the precipice of college football But it's also going to be fun because we're going to kind of expand upon what 22 was and where 2023 had to go and where it needs to continue to go forward. So we're evaluating a coaching staff in year one. We're evaluating a two-year period, and we're taking a look at where this roster sits now due to these last two classes and also, I think, getting a deeper understanding of where it still needs to go, right? Because this isn't 
this isn't a finished product. We know that there's still positions that need to get stronger. We know that there's still areas of the country that need to continue to be pipelines. There still needs to be emphasis put on different different parts of the country that haven't been before. But I think the one thing that we can all agree on is Notre Dame has brought in a lot of talent over the last two years. And it's exciting to kind of think about just some of these positions, especially that maybe haven't been as big as strengths to Notre Dame in the past is now becoming bigger strengths now moving forward for the team. So I think when you, when you look at it, Ryan, from the standpoint of the offense, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the area we'll address first. And when I look at this offensive football team, Ryan, uh, you know, it's uh, this is the side of the ball that I think is has had the the big jump this past mm-hmm. year. You look at last year's offensive class, and the the problem with the offensive recruiting at Notre Dame has been it's been so wildly inconsistent. You know, I thought the 2018 recruiting class was really good. It didn't pan out, but at, at the time, I thought it was really good. You had Phil Dracovic, a quarterback. You had a really good wide receiver class: Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsey, Lawrence Keys, Micah Jones, Joe Wilkins Jr. George Takis and Tommy Tremble at tight end. I, I won't be shocked if both of those kids end up getting drafted. The mm-hmm. offensive, but but even that group, you, you had some big misses at running back. You ended up with Jameer Smith and and Sebo uh, uh, Flemister that were kind of late ads. You know, maybe good solid backs, but not big time guys. The offensive line class wasn't great. You had some projects. You end up missing out late on Nicholas Pettit Frere because of Harry Heastan leaving. You know, and then you end up with with Jared Patterson, but the rest of the hall just wasn't. It wasn't a great offensive line year nationally. They took some chances on some projects, some guys with some high upside. Of Cole Mabry, who's a kid that I still feel like if he could have physically like held up, had some really good tools. But he was a, he was a low low floor, high ceiling kid, right? Same with John Dirksen, was another guy that I thought had some tools, but there was some boomer bust to him, right? Well, in that year, it, it busted with both of them for different reasons, right? Cole Mabry. From what I was told when he was playing his last couple of years, he was pretty good and was really coming along, but he just couldn't stay healthy. Just shoulder gave out and he couldn't stay healthy. But so you had some issues there. 2019, that class just really was a mess. You know, I mean, when, when you look at it, you end up kind of hitting a home run with Kyron Williams. But let's be honest, they didn't they didn't recruit that class thinking that Kyron Williams is going to be Kyron Williams. Let's be honest, right? They missed out on a lot of guys before they went to Kyron Williams. If they thought Kyron Williams is going to be Kyron Williams, they would have gone after him earlier. Can, all right, so, let, so let's be let's be real about that. You had Cade McNamara in there early at quarterback. He ends up leaving. You miss out on Graham Merch. You decide to not take a couple other guys like Max Dugan was a guy in that class they passed on. You end up with Brendan Clark. Again, boom or bust guy. Uh, you look at the the uh, rest of the class. I mean, your running back is, you said, Kyron, you had two receivers and Cam Hart and Kendall Abdurrahman that were kind of, you know, projectable guys. I loved Cam Hart's potential and upside. He was a really highly ranked guy for me. Kendall Abdurrahman was a quarterback that you were hoping you could convert into a wide receiver. He ended up not panning out. Your offensive line class was really good, really good offensive line class that year. Uh, it hasn't quite hit its mark in college, but it's starting to. You know, Zeke Carell has kind of come along. He's a pretty good player. Andrew Christophe could be bound for a starting job. Quinn Carroll was a starter this past year at Minnesota. He was a good football player. And then, you know, and then you could look at 2020, and 2020 is a home run, right? Or at least it appears to be a home run in some areas. You know, you, you, you look at quarterback. You get Drew Pine, who was a relatively highly ranked kid, but was always going to be a game manager type. You have Chris Tyree at running back, Jordan Johnson at receiver, Xavier Watts at receiver. I loved both of those kids as 
especially Xavier Watts. You had Jay Bernos, a solid player. Michael Mayer at tight end. You had Kevin Bauman at tight end. But what happens? You end up coming up really short on the offensive line. You only get two guys. And you strike out on, like, Zach Zinter. They decided to pass on Zach Zinter. Hindsight 2020, bad move, right? You end up with only two offensive linemen. And you had to flip Michael Carmody late to make it to the two offensive linemen because originally you are going to pass on him. Had a lot of misses in that class. Again, it's it, all those receivers are gone. They're either off the team or at another position. Two years in a row, you had recruiting classes in 19 and 20 where you don't have a single wide receiver left on the roster that actually plays wide receiver in those two years. And so and then 2021, home run. Tyler Buckner, quarterback. Love the running back hall of Logan Diggs and Audric Estime. Wide receiver hall ends up being really good receiver hall. Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas. Got Kane Barong and Mitchell Evans at tight end. You have a really good offensive line class, which was kind of top-heavy, right? But mm-hmm. Blake Fisher, Joe Alt, uh, Rocco Spindler. Like Joe Alt's kind of become Rocco, right? And then Rocco's become Joe Alt from a recruiting ranking standpoint. And then you had depth guys like Caleb Johnson and Pat Coogan. So the bottom of it wasn't as good, but really good. And then 2022, great offensive line class. You line a really, really good tight end class, and then Jadarian Price, but then you miss big on numbers at receiver. But the one guy you get, great player, Tobias Merriweather. You get a quarterback and Steve Angeli, who's a nice, solid game manager. But you see what I'm saying? Like, there was just never any consistency, Ryan. And there's always these big holes that would pop up. And so they come into this cycle. I'm setting the stage for you. Come into the cycle. You had high-end talent the last couple years, but you missed out on some depth at some places. So this class needed to do two things. It needed to to restock the depth chart. It needed impact players. That's not always an easy thing to do, both of those in the same class. And this offensive staff absolutely knocked it straight out of the park when it comes to how they were able to put this class together uh, for just 2023 alone. So now you look at these two classes together, you got the high impact talent from last year. And then the high impact talent plus the depth of this year. And these numbers are going to be pretty good. And Tommy Reese was finally given an offensive staff that top to bottom is made up of good recruiters, top to bottom. And this staff together went out and I thought Ryan just did a great job of, of kind of salvaging some of the areas where last year they came up short numbers wise. And then both years had to overcome a lot of mistakes from past years. And they've gone a long way towards doing that, Ryan. So for me, I gave them an A minus. And the reason why, because when it comes to two-year grades, an A grade has got to be really, really, really special. And I would say this is more of a four to seven type of offensive haul. I don't think you're going to find more than three or four teams, maybe up to five that did better than this group did at at just influxing talent. So I'm Mm going to edge on the side of being a little cautious and go A minus just because at some positions the numbers aren't quite where they needed to be. You didn't necessarily get impact in both years like some other teams did. So I'm going A minus, but still, Ryan, A minus in our standard is college football playoff caliber, borderline national championship. A is national championship caliber. This is borderline national championship caliber. Some guys got to pan out, but it's hard for me to not accept that number when you look at that they just hit. They've landed impact players at every single position the last two years. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I kept going back and forth on this one, Brian, because I think we're in the relatively in the same ballpark, you know, like for me, it was between an A minus and a B plus. Like I was kind of on the cusp and it was a really close conversation. I ended up going B plus just because I, I felt like the 2022 class, and I know we'll get into more specifics of the positions. I feel like 
there was just a couple misses, you know, from the offensive class in general. One very important one that I felt like was a little underwhelming. And then when we get in the offensive line group, I'll explain why I was just a little bit lower on the offensive line group in 2022. Not so much because they didn't group really good football players, but because of how they all fit together and kind of the gamble that they're taking, maybe loading up on maybe shoot more short things of interior players compared to the true offensive tackle types, which I think when combined with 2023 could be a little bit of trouble if a couple of those offensive tackles don't pan out and become true offensive tackles. So I think that the 2022 group for me just pulled it down slightly. So I ended up going with a B plus, but like it was an internal struggle. Like I literally sat, I like to write things down on a piece of paper sometimes because I'm kind of old fashioned in that, in that way. Right. And I was literally staring at this grade and just like, want to do higher. And then I'm just like looking at a couple players from 2022 and I'm just like, but I just can't quite get there. Like I can't. So I am fully on board with the A minus that you gave. I ended up giving a B plus, but like it, I really had to talk myself into it because I am so excited about what the staff did in 2023 offensively. Like I truly, I mean, yeah, there was, there's always a couple misses that you look at and say that could have taken it to the next level. Right. Of course. But I mean, for me, man, they, pretty much position by position, Notre Dame hit it up in the A range out of the park in 2023, which made it a really tough call for me. But it's just when we're talking about a two-year span, there's just got to – when we put everything together, there's just a couple things that made me unsettled a little mm-hmm. bit. It could still work out, but it's just – it's not even a numbers game. It's just like positionally, how is it going right. to fit long-term, which I it's just a little bit of a back and forth for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and as we get into the position breakdowns, I think some of that will be we'll be able to flesh some of that out. But I think, yeah. and, and we'll get into quarterback later. But I think there are certain positions that are going to carry more weight. Mm-hmm. Quarterback being one, offensive line being another. Uh, the quarterback grade when people will understand more of why you're going to be down at a B plus there. Yeah. And I'll say here's here's some reasons I went a minus over B plus, right? And then I'll also offer some reasons why. I'm not pushing back on your B plus at all. Cause first of all, a minus B plus is like minor difference for me. The big thing for me is one of the needs that was met in both classes, even though it wasn't a numbers thing last year is offensively. They needed to, to sign impact players at the skill positions across the board, home run hitters, big time dudes. And even last year's class, even though it came up short in numbers, the fact that they got a player like Jadarian Price. Now, for you, so you all understand, when we do these grades, it's based off what we view these guys as as prospects from a grade and an upside standpoint. So, for example, if we thought Benjamin Morrison was a lower-ranked kid, but he has a freshman All-American year, it doesn't, it doesn't factor into this grade. Now, of course, we were very high on Benjamin Morrison. But the point is, it's based off where they were as recruits. We're trying to avoid as much as possible what has happened to guys as players. So, for example, I'm not bringing the running back grade down because Jadarian Price had an Achilles injury. The only place that'll be factored in is when the guy's not on the roster anymore. So, like, the offensive line class, we don't talk about Joey Tonona. 
safety class, we're not going to talk about Jaden Bellamy because they're already off the roster. So it's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a contradiction there, but it, it's just, it's certain guys just aren't there anymore. So I can't, we're not going to talk about him as being, being on the class. Janarian Price, has they come back from injury? I, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But when he signed and what I think he can be is a flat out big time home run hitter. Jeremiah, yeah. Jeremiah Love, flat out big time home run hitter. Receiver landed some big time home run hitters. Some guys can be go-to guys like A-level, top 50 to top 75 caliber players, and they needed a lot of guys like that. I graded out. Looking at my grades, I had, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I had seven quarterback to tight end, quarterback, running back, receiver. I had seven guys in, on my board that graded out as top 100 players on offense the last year, just at the skill positions, not even counting the offensive line, where I think I had three great out as top 100 players, actually two great out as surefire top 100 players. And then there's a lot of upside there too, Ryan. So to me, uh, there's a top 100 player at each of those five, each of those four positions, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. And at most of them, with the exception of quarterback, there's two of those type of guys. Now tight end, there's only one, but the, the other two guys are top 150 to 200 type of guys. So the depth is really good. So that's why, to me, just that balance of difference makers raised the grade up a little bit and helped me overcome some of the the needs that were they were just a guy short, as we'll get into at some positions, and then also the the quarterback grade, which we'll get into as well. Those are the things to me that raised up to an A minus, but I also think the B plus is fair because they did come up short in some numbers at positions. Mm-hmm. They did come up short in a necessarily getting five guys that fit together real nicely like receiver part of the reason we're both going to be so high on receiver is because of the you know the numbers are down but what we like about it what brings the grade back up is you've got guys can play together offensive line there's some question marks there Ryan. like if those guys can play together in in a true five-man group so we'll get into that a little bit but i think that the impact is why i bumped it up a little bit because that was what i considered a big need was an influx of impact skill players. And I think they got a lot, not just like one or two, and you hope those guys pan out. They got multiple impact playmakers uh, or guys that at least have the potential to be impact playmakers in the last two years. And that was the thing that kind of ro- rose it up for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't have taken into account as much on what injuries look like with some of these classes at certain positions. Cause I feel like maybe I factor that too much into some of my grades that I gave out if I'm being honest. So I'll explain it a little bit when we get to like running back, for instance, when we get to, you know, a, a couple other positions where unfortunately there's just some injury stuff to kind of take a look at, right. Quarterback included in that, if you go even further back to 2021, right. So I think that I may have taken injuries a little too much into conversa- uh, into the conversation because for me the injuries can can affect the margin for error based upon what the numbers now are are but it's going to be a fascinating thing just to kind of look at because I still think we're in the relatively same ballpark with our grade it's just you know just we're individuals right so like there's some outside factors that just work right. a little bit we're super close, Ron. We're B plus yeah, plus A minus. Right. That's why you and I don't talk yeah. about the grades until right before. And okay. I just have you give them to me because I don't want them to be where we negotiate and I need you to get on the <laughs> same page as me. It's part of the fun, right? Is explaining Absolutely. why we see a little bit differently. Where for me, great injuries come into account if it was something that was already there. So, like Eli Raridan's mm-hmm. grade for me, the reason he was lower in the class for me 
you know, I saw him as a top hundred guy, but he wasn't one of my top three or four guys like he was for some others is because of the knee injury that he had mm-hmm. in high school. Right. Now he has obviously since re-injured, but that was already kind of a concern for me. So when guys had injuries in high school, that's, you know, like Brennan Vernon's a guy whose grade was just dinged a little bit because of he's had some nagging injuries, nothing that's cost him time, but just some nagging injuries in some different areas. So mm-hmm. I think that's where I take the injury part into to account. But I also Fair. did not give Ryan any criteria other than just trying to look at guys for high school because I want him to kind of have a fresh point of view on it. So sure. that'll make it uh, – It's but the thing that we agree on, Notre Dame flat out moved the needle with their offensive hole from where they were. Are they where yeah. they need to be yet? No, they're not there yet. But they took a giant leap at most positions the last mm-hmm. two years combined. Yep. And that's that's a big part of it. 